is a content warning for Major Issues Podcast, episode 296, where we tackle Kick-Ass 2 for his 10-year anniversary. As you can tell from the title, there will be some cursing, so put the kiddos to bed. The Major Issues Podcast starts right now! Hello everybody out there in comic book land, my name is George Serrano, aka The Don, and if you're listening to this, you can only be here for one reason, that's a brand new episode of the Major Issues Podcast, brought to you each and every week by ComicBookClick.com, and as always, I am never alone, sir, if you could please introduce yourself. We here, I'm here in the building once again, everyone's favorite cloud is Maximus. It is called as Maximus. He's back, and I, I guess better than ever. Possibly better than ever. Hopefully better than ever. But Always that would better. be, but that would be almost disrespectful to the old you, right? Like just to sit right. there and just talk about how good you are now. You might be saying some bad things about yourself in the past. I am glad I cannot remember my login information for MySpace. Oh, well, that's funny. I just did that in my head. The Sconex, I never had one. Or Sconex. I had a Sconex. I got some some girls of a Sconex. Oh, snap. <laughs> Which is like the high school version of Facebook at the time. Um, yeah, man. That thing, it told you what the high schools they went to, what Burroughs, it was out there. It was, yeah, it was, it was some fun times. Um, but I, I, I remember maybe about seven-ish years ago. I went back and I checked some of my MySpace stuff and I've got these pictures that I've edited in black and white. And I'm like, I'm not your role model. I'm like, I'm 17 yeah. years old. What the hell? What the hell? What the hell? Yeah. What the hell was I thinking? Um, and me and you have known each other now for 10 years this year or, you know, know each other Indeed. as closely as we have for the last 10 years this year. Uh, a hell of an anniversary. And I say all that to say that... 10 years ago, a film came out. The same year that we became friends, a film came out. It's the film we'll be tackling today, Kick-Ass 2. But watching this film made me feel like I was looking back at my old MySpace <laughs> at times. <laughs> Does any of that make sense? Does, do, 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 do you get... It does. Uh, it might have been. It might have been some of the. Might have been some of the lines. You know, just so, just some of it. Just some of it. But I. You don't have to be. I, you don't have to be a good person to be a superhero. <laughs> what was it? No, you don't have to be a bad no, person to be a superhero. That's what it was. That's what it was. That yeah, that was a bit much. Um, but yeah, we're here to talk about Kick Ass too. Um, just in general, uh, everything that's happened in the last ten years of superhero movies almost makes me appreciate parts of this a bit more. Um, there's definitely issues I had with it. There's stuff I really like about it. There's stuff I ended up disliking about this film, but um, I can't wait to talk about it. I wanted to ask you off the rip, were you a fan of the original Kick-Ass film? Oh, snap. I Kick-Ass 1. I have a confession to make. Have you not seen Kick-Ass 1? I have not seen Kick Ass One. However, however, okay, 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 okay. Um, I um, I like I, I like that know, point of view for this podcast. I know in I know I I know little enough to where 
pop culture where, references. And, like you've seen enough where, of it. Why, to where and why Kick-Ass 2 happens. So, Okay. Okay. Um, I am now, and I think we might have to like find a way to get you on and talk about the first one, but I'm very interested in seeing what you thought about that first one. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but when that came out, that was like, it was everything. Like it, it was kind of like, um, super bad. Remember when everyone was talking about super bad and like change really? comedy? I was, I was it was a huge to, deal. It's funny because I'm, I'm watching, I'm watching Kick-Ass 2 and I'm, for the death of me, I'm trying to remember if the first one made any noise. I kind of remember it making some noise, but for some reason, two made more noise for some for some weird reason for me. I don't yeah, know I mean, we would have been like we would have been right. Remember it more? Yeah, we would have been right in the you middle know? of all the comic book stuff when this comes out. Um, when Kick Ass Two comes out, two thousand thirteen. This would have been a year after Avengers. Um, you know, so we would have mm. been full full bore into the MCU. I think the next year, uh, Guardians comes out. Um, but that first Kick Ass, let me see, let me see, budget of 30 million made 96 million. Ooh, so about three times nice. his budget. Nice. Um, it's gritty. The comic is way, way, way grittier. But 2000s comics. The, comic. the 2000s comics are a bit rough because, um, you know, we, we literally what happens in a thing that me and you are a huge fans of professional wrestling. It happened across the board. So they went through their attitude era phase where everything was so edgy and so, Gory you know, and uh, crazy. And, you know, you're fighting God and lesbians are kissing on TV and all that kind of stuff. When you get to that yeah. point, and they got there in comics, things like the boys, people look at as like, this went way too far. The only reason why the boys works now in TV is because we went through such a, a PG time. You know, we went extra hard on the PG nature of superheroes um that people kind of forgot that you can they can exist in r-rated stuff anyway so 2010 when this comes out when the first one comes out i mean um it it blew a lot of people's minds but the i the one thing that like just breaks my heart a little bit about the idea that you haven't seen kick-ass one is i think that seeing uh chloe grates moretz who plays mindy slash hit girl to see her as a child do that for the first time without any knowledge of what was going to happen mm-hmm. i feel like is a moment uh right. that might be robbed a little bit by seeing her doing it as an adult um and, you know so so the thing with that is i'm like the thing with that is i knew that i knew that kind of going in especially because of the, of the fight with uh her and mother russia i'm like damn yeah. i'm like she, she's doing this and this is a sequel and if I go into this not knowing anything of she, yeah, uh, I think she's a kid to begin with. You know what right. I'm saying? So I have certain points in the fight or in the last scene, I'm I'm just kind of beside myself. I'm like, oh wow, she's doing all this shit. But then I remember this is the sequel. You know, so I oh, you matter of fact, there's a bunch, there's a bunch I can explain for you that will set this up so that you could equal parts enjoy the sequel more and understand the sequel a little bit more because uh-huh. i do think there's little intricacies that may not make sense 
I can explain the girlfriend situation. Oh, no, oh, you know, yeah, that, like all, right. little, all the little, all the little interpersonal stuff there. Um, but yeah, that first one comes out. It's bonkers. Um, McLovin's in it, so it's it's huge. Mm-hmm. Um, I re- I read the comic. We covered the comic and the first movie here. Uh, the official like um, verdict when we were done with that was I dug the comic a bit more, but I always dig the comic a bit more because they're able to go through levels and details that you can't really go through. Um, it's a bit darker and stuff like that, but this was the first kick-ass was incredibly bloody, um, incredibly fun. It was directed by Matthew Vaughn, who uh, people know from. I'm about to find his because I think Kingsman ultimately. Well, yeah, Kingsman, <laughs> Kingsman, uh, but X Men First Class. So if you've seen X Men First Class, that comes out a year after this, after the first mm-hmm. kick-ass. That's the kind of director. That kind of energy, that kind of, um, you know, uh, directing style. Uh, Matthew Vaughn, um, yeah, he directed the first Kick-Ass. He was supposed to direct Kick-Ass 2, but he turned it down for X-Men First Class. So, so, yeah, and that's considered considered the best directed X-Men film. To this day, like yeah, if you don't count Logan, say, he, he's the one that I remember with most with the most praise. <laughs> yeah, and so um, you know he and that's the first movie I do think has his exceptional style and flair, um, in it. So the, yeah, we come time it's sequel time, but uh, Vaughn is tied up with X Men uh, First Class, so they end up getting a different director for the sequel who I believe had only done one other feature film, um, which, I mean, you know, it's kind of hard to then do that. It's hard, first of all, it's hard in general to do a sequel, I think. Yeah, with all the um, mojo surrounding the sequel, it's not better than the first. They're never better than the first. You ever heard of the movie Never Back Down? I would have to... Some martial arts film. Uh, yeah, I would uh, have to look at... I remember... I think I remember seeing it. I want to look up the cover... Because coming up, um, had a lot of Amber Heard's in it. To like, it's like watching those. Amber Heard's in it. But anyway, what's the name of it again? Never back down. The MMA. I think it's the MMA version. I think it's the MMA version of Step It Up, or what is it? Oh, absolutely not. But yes, (laughs) I know. (laughs) Yeah. Right. 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 Um, so that he had, was on that thing was on just random TVs everywhere at some point. Yeah. Oh my gosh. He wrote Bloodshot. <laughs> so so he wrote Bloodshot and he directed um Never Back Down. That's his two biggest things besides this film. Um Kick Ass Two. Uh I was a big fan of Kick Ass Two. I mean Kick Ass One. I dig I dug I dig Kick Ass Two. Um, but I'll tell you this, when I saw it initially, I remember thinking it was fine. Mm-hmm. And then I, when I watched it on this rewatch, I watched it halfway cause I was on break at work. I watched it halfway and the first half I was incredibly entertained. Like I was going, what the hell was I saying about, like, why did I think this was just fine? And I think the second half makes some choices that are not necessarily the best um and thus you know might lose some points 
But um, some choices, you say? Just a bit of points, but we'll, well, we can talk about Definitely it when we get cast there. That first one after, yeah. Yes, yes, and now I need to now I need to know because I'll tell you this: we did um, top ten debuts, top ten on screen debuts in comic book movie history, and Hit Girls on my list of top ten of all time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I need you to see that that in context, <laughs> you know, when you watch that first film, see that. And then see how she gets in, and then and watching Nicolas Cage play Batman, like that's like play all mm-hmm. Batman, like a version of Batman, <laughs> Big Daddy, right, right. Um, he yeah, did, it's just, yeah. It's just absolutely, it's bonkers. Um, but let's get into it. Kickass Two is a 2013 black comedy superhero film, written and directed by Jeff Wadlow, based on the graphic novels Book Two and Book Three of Kickass. Uh, the Dave. Lazuski years. I always have a tr- trouble saying his name. Uh, by Mark Millar and John Romita Jr. It's serving as a sequel to 2010's Kick Ass. It stars Aaron Taylor Johnson, Christopher Mintz Plath, Chloe Grace Moretz. <laughs> I don't know why all these people have three names. Uh, and Jim Carrey, who obviously got billing because he's like possibly the most famous person in this film right 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 might be um so uh off the rip before we start this summary i'm gonna give you what i think was one of the issues of the film and this has nothing to do with like the writing or the directing um right in the comic the distance between book one and book two and three oh is the time (laughs) gap six months Six months. In this okay. film, it's two years. Now, the reason why that's an issue is because in the comics, all the stuff you see going on with high school is 11-year-old hit girl. Mm-hmm. She's 11. Mm-hmm. So it hits right. harder because she's younger and more impressionable and more... Yeah, she's and more... And I feel yeah, like... Right. I feel like they were trying to have their cake and eat it too here. Oh, I feel like they were making her see, almost act you eleven. Mean. You know, like I feel like they almost still wanted her to act eleven, even though she's obviously fifteen. But then also even act fifteen was, yeah. when they want her to act fifteen. <laughs> and I get it because the youngness is what makes the shocking nature of the cursing and the violence pop. That was always the that was always the mm-hmm, It's the mm-hmm. Damien is the Damien Wayne of it all. Like, oh, look at this little thing, thing, and then you don't got no fingers, you know? So um, I think in trying to have their cake and eat it too, it kind of created like a weird um, middle ground for the actor. I think it would have worked. I think that would I think I know what you mean. I think, I think the best, the best of her when it comes to like being foul mouth is when she's suited up. I like when she's talking shit suited up, you know? Yeah. It, it almost it almost just plays as kind of edgy when she's not because she kids her age when I was that age mm-hmm, cursed mm-hmm. up a storm, you know. Um, but if that kid was eleven, you start going like, "Yo, what the fuck? Like you saying some wow? Right. Like some of the stuff she says in the movie, <laughs> What is it? I oh and I oh by the way, this is the first episode of the Major Issues podcast with a content warning in front of it because literally to talk about this film, I have to use the words ass motherfucker bitch <laughs> constantly and that's me 
talking about characters. That's their names. These are the characters. Yeah, these are the characters. <laughs> these are the characters' names. So, um, yeah, I I feel like um, when she says like, like like for someone who's such a cunt, I thought you could take more pricks or something like that. Like right, something right, like right. that. Whatever. I have Mother Russia in Russian. That's a badass kind of cool line, but even cooler when it's a, if it's an eleven year old child, which was something I. What was I doing? There was something else that I was I was bugging that about. Maybe it was Shazam too or something. Where I'm just like, I get what you're going for, but the kid needs to be younger because I, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't buy it here. But, but yeah, the shock value for certain things is just way better that way too. That's yeah, all. yeah. It's the ad- so, it's the adolescence of it all. <laughs> so uh, our film starts off with a training session between Dave and Mindy, aka Kick Ass and Hit Girl, where Mindy playfully displays the usefulness of a bulletproof vest by testing bullets out on him, the one wearing the vest. Uh, Dave explains that since Mindy's father's passing, his old partner Marcus became her guardian and has been doing his best to keep her on the street and narrow. Unbeknownst to him, she's been playing hooky every day, instead working on her crime-fighting training. Almost said hockey. Dave is a semi-retired, is semi-retired as a crime fighter, and Kickass has started a movement of regular civilians dressing up and taking down bad guys. One day, he meets up with Mindy and asks to team up like Batman and Robin, but she says he's nowhere near her level of expertise. He appeals to her sense of loneliness, and she humors him. For three weeks, they skip school to train on all things superhero. Dave keeps his training a secret from his friends, family, and even his girlfriend, and seems excited about their future. Pretty, pretty good. Like in the energy. Did you, you know like the origins and such and continuing combat? This is, this is, um, he's a, he's a, he's a jobber, bro. He is a jobber. And that's a, that's the thing. He's always he's a jobber, been a jobber. He's, he's a jobber in the first yeah. movie. He's a jobber in this movie. It's, it, it's the, it's the whole point. But that's why, like, towards the end, I feel like they try to make him cool and it doesn't, it feels better with a jobber. You don't want him to go Stone Cold Steve Austin. You want him uh-huh, to stay, uh-huh. you know, like they job so, like, him, bro. <laughs> at, at, the end, at the end, he has a nine pack, and <laughs> you know he's uh-huh. building like an Iron Man. And then he's over, bro. And I'm just like, ah. Oh, she put James, him over. James, you were James Ellsworth. It was better when you was James Ellsworth. <laughs> but um, uh, I I wanted to state this out, but that scene in the beginning with the bulletproof vest is incredibly famous because it is the scene from the first film. But in the first film, it's Mindy wearing the vest and it's her father holding the gun. Mm, that's a big ass handgun. First of all, <laughs> that's right. And so, and so he's like, you know, you're short. Yeah. just like we practice. You know what I'm saying? Like, and then he points, he points a gun and shoots a gun at an 11 year old girl. And you don't know in what context it is, but he's training mm-hmm. her to be able to understand how the impact of the vest takes bullets and how she can, you know, combat that. But all you see is a little girl in a pink coat <laughs> with a gun. Getting, getting pushed over by a bullet. And, like, and literally, literally, literally thrown, thrown right. across the room. Um, yeah. Um, the girlfriend. So the girlfriend, Katie, is a girl that he had a crush on. Um, at one point, he gets hit by a car, and she like has sympathy for him. And somehow, some way, and I feel like this happened in another movie or a television show. She was led to believe that he was gay, and he did not correct her. Oh, 
which then led to her him being her gay friend that got ac- oh. access in ways that a straight friend wouldn't. Oh, um, and then ultimately it's revealed that he's straight and he's a superhero and, you know, she gets mad at him for that. And they all wrong. <laughs> but ultimately, yeah, it all, it all yeah. Um, I, I say that to say that their relationship started with a lie. Uh, so, uh, you know, how things go on <laughs> later on <laughs> doesn't really surprise me. Although, what she says, she's a little quick and uh, I'm not liking that for Dave. But anyway, <laughs> we get a shot of the D'Amico mansion, home of the D'Amico family whose patriarch was killed in the first film by Kick-Ass. It's also one of the most hilarious ways to die. Uh, I believe if you rewatched it, you heard Chris kind of explain how he died because his mom's like, oh, it was like, you know, because of this, because of, of that. He's like, no, he's like, no, he got shot with it. He got shot with a bazooka. That's literally what happened. He got shot with a bazooka. It's shot very in a, like the most cool, badass way possible. But it's like, there's no doubt. This man is dead. He's absolutely dead. <laughs> Um, Frank's spoiled prodigal son, Chris, who was red mist in, uh, the first kick-ass is on the hunt for kick-ass and accidentally kills his mother after an argument about the whole situation with no one to stand in his way. Chris is now in charge of his father's criminal empire. Boom, boom, boom. What'd you think of, uh, old Chris D'Amico? Um, he had to turn, he had to turn, bro. He He loves that eyeliner, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know what, man? I'm a I'm a chunky boy. That's just the life I'm I'm meant to live. But I would have been tight if I got cursed with that body, man. Like he's just such a little <laughs> man. He's just a, such a little man. He's making way more money than me. So he ain't you know, he ain't hurting hurting. But there's only so much you could do with that. You know, there's only so much you could do. Besides, he he worked he works with it. Go ahead, Christopher. He's never he's never gonna play, you know, like the leading man in a romantic <laughs> romantic movie. You know, they're not they're not looking at him like they're looking at uh Aaron Taylor Johnson doing one arm pull ups in the <laughs> in the uh, freaking uh, in the and 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 at the end of this. Uh but it is what it is. So Marcus confronts Mindy over her skipping school. She pretends to cry. He tells her to cut the act. She lies about why she skipped school, but he believes her and they go out for pizza. I like that he knew she was bullshitting. I always like when a girl cries like, and somebody says, like cut that shit out. That the second li- I, like, I like even more that the second lie was even ready in the, in the chamber before, you know what I'm saying? Before we could even. Yeah. Oh, blue word. That ain't work. Okay. Yeah, because he pretends, she pretends that the reason why she's been cutting class is to, yeah, to see a guy, which is true. True. But but she's the one taking him to go train because he's a job. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. I also should say that every day she cuts school. She takes a cab home from school. uh, As soon as she gets money on the cab, though. Yep. And she, um, but we also know that because she fights crime, she steals. I'm from, she gives, listen, I'm from I'm from New York. I'd have been using that third ride on my school metro. Quick. I'm telling you. <laughs> and this is in New York, right? It is. It is in New York, which is why okay. I don't know why she don't have this green metro. <laughs> Hold no, up. No, she ain't got the green metro, oh, bro. She ain't got the green metro. Not valid. Bro. Not valid. She, um, she got the half she got the half off metro. She does. Yeah, but she's, she's taking that cab every day back home. Um, and then she's breaking into the school attendance system, so there's no, 
you know, hey, your daughter hasn't been here for three weeks, which is usually the trope in something like this, right? Like, mm-hmm. hey, hi, hey, how was school? And then you say, you know, uh, school is whatever. Oh, because they just told me that you haven't been there for three weeks, but that's not the case here. <gasps> so she nips that right in the bud. Um, while going through his parents' things, Chris finds a BDSM outfit and decides that that's his supervillain outfit and also decides that he has a new supervillain moniker, the motherfucker. What do you think about the outfit and the, and the, (laughs) could you wear your dead mother's bondage outfit as ring attire? You think? Um, we don't know if she wore it. It looked new. It could have been his. It could have been the dad's. Or or was it because it was shiny? It could have been the dad's too. Who knows? They're up to some, some craziness. But like some of these lines in here. Oh, your mom had some great guns. Oh, she's dead. No, I mean, literally, there's guns. I'm like, guns. What are you doing? What are you doing? Um, Dave and Mindy do a training exercise in the field where Dave pretends to be helpless. I don't know why he had to be a pimp for this training <laughs> exercise. He just walked down the alley and that was it. Yeah, I was like, why is he dressed like a pimp? Um, where Dave pretends to be helpless so he can take down some mugger and things start off well until he's outnumbered. They beat on him until Hit Girl uh, makes a well-needed, albeit bloody entrance, and takes them down single-handedly, including dismembering one of them. What did you think of this bloody reintroduction of Hit Girl? I thought that was fine. Up until this point, we haven't really seen action like this. I thought that was fine. Well, she, well, first of all, Mr. Strange, heel, thief, mugger, sir, uh, lied to her. Liar, liar, pants on fire. How dare you? Slice. Yeah. You is know? that when she turns to him and is like, did you like that line? Yeah. Liar, liar, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like that they're still working on their stuff. So um, because of damage done to uh, Kick-Ass, he has nerve damage. That's his superpower. It doesn't really feel pain. Uh, he can in extreme measures, as you'll see later on. Um, but yeah, that's his. That's that's what makes him him. And I think his bones might have like screws or titanium or whatever because of the, again the damage. Like none of this stuff is like experimental or superpowers like in a positive way. It's like it's, he, yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, it's practical almost. Yes, a hundred percent. Yeah, so that's what kind of makes him. Um, he's a loser, but also on top of that, that that's what, how he found strength is because he can't feel anything. But he almost died here. I guess she was just wanted to yeah, see how long right. he could he's hang get, until he's gonna get stabbed up and robbed and left in the alley. He was her damsel in distress. I swore one of them propos- one of them uh threatened sexual harassment on him or sexual assault by putting something in somebody's mouth. Yes. And I was like, This Me. is uh <laughs> This is a lot. This is a lot. Um Bum, bum, bum. Marcus overhears that the cops are looking for someone who resembles Hit Girl, so he races home to catch her. Jarvis, you are both father and son. Who are you rooting for in this moment? I'm rooting for her. You're rooting for her? You want her to get home scot free? Rooting for her. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> you know, I know what's gonna happen once you get caught. I, I thought you. I thought you might have been. I thought you might have been rooting for the pops. I thought you yeah, been. but I'm gonna. I'm only saying that because I know that's gonna have to be me. And, <laughs> One day, you know, and hopefully, and hopefully, it doesn't have to be me. Hopefully, you know, <laughs> I get the most perfect child. 
well, the most perfect teenager. <laughs> I, w- I was rooting for her too. And I love how they found a way to make this a tension moment. You know, like they they, yeah. they found a way to make this a tense. Shout out for the shout out for the, at the at the bike that she had though, because I like that she yeah, had, that bi- she had the bike. Yeah, and I like when she gets right behind her. She's like, "Fuck, <laughs> I can't go, I can't go that <laughs> way now because he's going that way. I gotta go the other way." Um, <laughs> so, uh, boom, boom, boom. For uh, fortunately, Mindy uses a motorcycle to cut through the neighbors' uh, backyards and sneak into her bed. Her ruse works until Marcus sees blood on her cheek and scolds her for continuing to fight crime. He tells her Hit Girl isn't who she is and that her father robbed her of her childhood. He makes her promise to stop skipping school and she does, but she thinks of her father before doing so. This moment sets up a theme in this film that is incredibly confusing to me. And I would like to talk to you about it to see how you feel. From this moment on, this becomes the narrative, right? That Hit Girl was something that he, Marcus believes Hit Girl was something pushed upon her by her father, right? Mm-hmm. And that there's a girl underneath Hit Girl that Mindy needs to kind of investigate, identify, um, and bring out. Mm-hmm. And then Dave is constantly telling her, oh, no, 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 you are Hit Girl. Like, that's, that's you. You are hit girl. Stop trying to be what you're not. Stop trying to be anything else. Where do you sit on this side of the debate? Should we be encouraging her to that she's hit girl and yes. only hit girl? Or yes, or, um, I, I I was um I was looking at that very carefully to see how they were really gonna handle that. And it's like you wanna you wanna be you wanna be on the on the best side possible for that, but you also want the best for the little one. You know, yeah. so the only thing you can't do is hope she makes the decision you would want that would be best for her. Yeah, you would hope that what you want and what she wants is similar, not that she's doing what yes, you say. Similar. Or or uh, if at least you guys can meet somewhere in the middle, you know? Right. But because that's how what I feel. That's what I feel eventually happens. Usually in a scene like this, I'm like, oh, yada, yada, the parents. But I, there's parts of this where I'm like, he's kind of telling you the truth. Mm-hmm. You know, he mm-hmm. is kind of mm-hmm. telling you. Like, you can't live this way forever. And I guess in a comic book world, you can, mm-hmm. kind of. Mm-hmm. But, like, I even want Damien Wayne to go to school. Right. You know, I want, I want him to, like, it's not like, oh, there is no Damien. Oh, there's only Robin, you know. There's no <laughs> only Hit Girl. Like, there is a Mindy. You, hey, you don't know Mindy. You never even try to get to know Mindy. You never even try to figure out what Mindy is, you know? Uh, so that, that was, I was a bit conflicting in that because when she's broken down at her worst, Kick-Ass tells her, like, be hit, girl. And I'm like, uh, there's got to be a middle. There's gotta, and maybe that's where she went on the motorcycle, to go find the middle. <laughs> you know, maybe, right. maybe, that, maybe that's what that was. The next day, Mindy tells Dave that she can't train him anymore, but people nearby overhear the conversation and confuse it for a breakup. What did you think of that scene? Because like, his Damn. girlfriend, I'm like, y'all ear hustling and y'all think this is a breakup? She doesn't even like give him a chance to like explain <laughs> what's going on. Yeah, she now she was, yeah. she was suspicious because she hadn't been seeing him around. 
So, okay, whatever. But, like, that was weird. And then, like, out of anger, she then comments that somebody that she knows has a bigger penis than he does or something. Which meant to say that, that she was cheating. Already. <laughs> Already? So, like, or what? Maybe, or, maybe what? Inquir- or maybe inquiring. So who am I rooting for in this? Is what I'm trying to say. Like, what, what, what's going on? Do I want them to stay together and get past this miscommunication? Because she just burnt the bridge. He didn't do yeah, nothing yet. Did, yeah, that's what I'm saying. So I'm, like, <laughs> so I'm like, I'm like, wait a minute. What's going on? Usually you're like, no, stop. You've got to. But she's like, somebody else got a bigger baton. All right, go play with that baton then. Go on then. You heard? Sorry. That might be a little bit too much. But anyway. Chris's body air, body air. Chris's bodyguard, Javier. Chris's body, adi adi. Shout out, shout out. First of all, shout out to John Leguizamo because he just Johnny Legs. So no matter what role he's in, big, small, there's not never been a role that I've ever seen him in that he's never fucking delivered maximumly. You know what I mean? Like uh, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna take this time to plug uh, even more uh, famous podcast than ours. But um, if anyone knows me, they know I'm a huge Auntie Donna fan. Mm-hmm. One of the members Making of Auntie Donna. Voice. Making them fresh. One of the members of Auntie Donna, Zachary Rowane, uh, does a podcast with his best friend. Uh, her name is Mish. And the, the, the point of the podcast is every episode of the podcast is about something John Leguizamo's in. <laughs> and when I say something... I mean, an episode on a commercial he's done, an episode on a YouTube video where he's talking about his greatest roles, every single movie that he's done, even if he's in it for five minutes and gets shot or he's in the opener in a flashback or whatever, Encanto, like everything under the sun, <laughs> they've watched <laughs> Spawn, <laughs> you know, like they, mm-hmm. they, and I, because I like him, I listen to him and it like, it has already convinced me what, of what you've already said. No matter what he gets in this, or no matter what role he ever gets, he always does the most with it. And you really felt like he was over mm-hmm. Chris's whole shit. And it's like, come on, man. Like, you fucking Super brat. over, bro. Like, I'm just here so you can pay me. That's it. You know? Um, and, like, in another film, would have had him, like, like roll his eyes, but still do everything. But like he's kind of talking shit mm-hmm. the whole time when he's doing all his stuff. Um, if you haven't seen Violent Night, he's great in that. The 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 Violent Chris uh, Santa Claus movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's the villain in that. He's Scrooge, <laughs> and um, absolutely great in that. But yeah, you really do forget about how much John Leguizamo is in. I believe he is probably closing in on close to two hundred credited. Ooh. Whatever's. Yeah, they said they said at the time when they started, if you counted all the weird, tangential, ice age stuff, because he's right, he's he's, he's in all yeah, he said. So and but what I'm saying, he's in all the movies, but he's also mm-hmm. in all the made for home DVDs. Mm-hmm, he's also mm-hmm. in all the video games, mobile games. They said if you counted all the ice age IP, that's ten mm-hmm. percent of his entire career. <laughs> So he's making Sid the sloth money, bro. He's saying back, he cashing out, he does whatever he wants to. So it's like he was having fun on this. Um, But, uh, 
Yeah, oh, yeah, he walks in on him dressed like the motherfucker. We already did that. Kick-Ass unretires and starts to team up with other local heroes after hearing about a man looking to start his own super team. Meanwhile, motherfucker robs a convenience store and feels more alive because of it. What a lame. What a lame. <laughs> All of this is lame. He goes in. He robs the place. They're not even really scared of him. He wants it caught on camera, so he, but he accidentally uh-huh. picks a place that doesn't he have a camera. Viral. Yeah, so you can go viral. Which I like is... when he points the gun. At... I like when he points the gun at the old guy. Yeah, he slowly tries to get on the ground. <laughs> he tries to get on the ground. <laughs> that knees is that frustrates him. Apparently, he's not getting on the ground fast enough, so he just unloads on a, like a cartons of milk or whatever. Yeah, at the at the um at the the the, the soda fridges and all that in the back. Yeah, he has real little. Little boy energy is what I'll say up in that whole Indeed. in that whole exchange, and then again comes in like he just snorted. First a of line, all, right? I think like, I think he's got. I think he's got, little, <laughs> <laughs> I think he's got little boy energy throughout the whole movie. That's the shit that kills me with him. That's why he gets some so much heat off of me. <clears throat> so that's also true in the first one, but in this we should have been two years forward. Right. It would have made sense if it was six months in between but it's two years in the first film he says that he's almost 18 like he's 17 turning 18 or whatever two years would make both of them 19 which meant homeboy wouldn't even be in fucking school listen there's only only three there are some of the three these are some of the three things in life that are certain death taxes and wimps of all ages bro (laughs) Yeah. yeah there are there are wimps of all ages that is true but after a while, even Dave's looking too damn big to be in that high school. I'm like, what you do? Which one of you don't? One of you don't belong in this Somebody school. Somebody leave. Somebody yeah, leave. So, yeah, one of you graduate, don't belong in this get, get this right. Um, yeah, I love that he's like, oh, ooh, I feel so alive. And again, Javier's like, yeah, whatever, bro. Like, what do you? What, what do you want me to do? Car. What do you want me to do? Um, I'll just try. Oh yeah, then he demands the best hand-to-hand training. So he can kill kick ass with his bare hands and we'll get back to what happens there <laughs> when he hires all the best fighters to so he can do uh perform some chuck liddell style ass whoopings mindy attends her first slumber party uh but i don't i think yeah i think she does stay um and learns about her body what did you think about the one direction scene about J- her discovering the- herself <laughs> the Union J. Did that not feel a little More weird? Less. That it was, yeah, a little weird. That's, it, that's what it was. It, what I mean yeah. by weird is it, it felt like it, that wasn't written by a girl. Is what I mean by it feels weird. I can see. I can see that. You know. Um, and I all, any, go ahead, brother. I'm. Um, I don't know. Like I, I, I feel like if I had a girl in the room, I would be able to turn to her and be like, "Can you?" <laughs> I'll tell you this, this or like I'll tell you this it doesn't fit it doesn't fit with an 11 year old that's true 100 <laughs> yeah, that, that, percent right I'll tell you I'll tell you that right there and also like the these girls feel like if you traced the mean girls and then just drew your own just, <laughs> just design them out. a little bit yeah yeah and I wondered why like I when does mean girls come out there's no way this beat that to the punch. I want to say, oh, 2004. No, not yeah, only did it not beat to the punch, before. it's been 10 years. <laughs> it's been 10 years. But that girl, the main mean girl is basically 
Regina George from uh-huh. from Mean Girls. Were you surprised at all that they were all incredibly fast? Apparently, like they're just talking about blowing people and oh man, hell yeah, like- I was because all right. So I um I saw I this is a this is a rewatch for me, but even yeah. so, I'm going in and they're talking and I'm like, I don't remember this shit. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and I get part of it. I was still looking at it like, yo, they said, how could I? I don't even remember reacting this bad to to this. But but still, (laughs) I'm like, damn, I guess. (laughs) And like I said, I totally get that part of it's supposed to show how out of touch um, Mindy is with the real world, but also how crazy high school is. And I'm not saying I didn't do some of the stuff that they were talking about in high school, but I don't remember talking Uh so openly about it. I don't remember being like, oh, right. maybe I would. I don't know. Maybe that's locker I mean, room talk. I mean, that's locker room talk. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's it's talk <laughs> with the boys, talk with the girls. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's really all it is. And even and that's even to say if girls really do. But that's what it. I mean. But that's what I'm saying. It felt like a conversation, like if of a guy imagining what girl talk is. Right. Right. So right. he just took what a guy's conversation was, and just you know, like kind of move that over and they're like they're getting on her for being a virgin at 15. the fuck what what in what world like (laughs) isn't the homecoming queen usually waiting for marriage or something like that i don't okay um yeah so i just thought that was weird um i think you could have went there could have got there without going there but you know to each his own kick ass meets justice forever and its leader, Colonel Stars and Stripes. Are you familiar with I the do. controversy? First of all, uh, Mr. Man? Yes. Uh, I am not. However, I stopped to say, what my first go around for this? Dude, you have no idea how hard I popped for Jim. <laughs> Holy... Because yeah. to me, I haven't seen him in fucking years before... before before going to go meet him in this movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. So when I see him, the second I see him in the in the whole get up, bro, uh, I, I just like a wave of happiness. I'm like, yeah, let's go fuck these dudes up. <laughs> I um I you know go train Jim Carrey, you know, you you know who also has seemingly has that effect on me? Um Eddie Murphy. Yeah. Because I've seen these guys in my childhood and they made me happy in my childhood because uh-huh. of how silly that they were. Uh-huh. So just seeing him again, I had the same feeling seeing Jim Carrey as Robotnik in Sonic. It just mm-hmm. felt so familiar. Um, right. I think he does great in this. I like his like Brooklyn accent. I like his teeth yeah. full of stuff. Uh, <laughs> I like the lumps on his head, his lumpy ass head. I like him in this. But I was going through. Um, I was going to say, this, yeah, I this all this the So when the film came out, or shortly before the film came out, I should say, um, he was going on the record and he was telling people that he cannot endorse it. Now, uh, that's because yes. So the film, the movie. So the film comes out. In uh, August of 2013, 10 years ago, right? Oh. Comes out in Japan. Yeah. 
in August of the 2013. So he was stunned and upset and traumatized by the previous year's Sandy Hook shooting. Oh, okay, okay. So he wrote, I did kick ass a month before Sandy Hook, and now, in all good conscience, I cannot support that level of violence. My apologies to others involved with the film. I am not ashamed of it, but recent events have caused a change of heart. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah. So Mark Millar, uh, who is the person who wrote the comic, put, yes, the body count is very high, but it's a movie called Kick-Ass 2, and it really has to do with what it says on the tin. Okay, you know, like whatever it says on the cover. What it says on the cover, you kind of got to, you know. Um, uh, Sorry. uh, He says he compared it to films by Quentin Tarantino, Sam Peckinpah, you know, Martin Scorsese. And he insisted that the film concentrated on the consequences of violence rather Mm -hmm. than the violence itself, which I would also say. I don't think this this was ever like, uh, you know. I can respect uh, that. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Miss Miss Moretz uh, was a bit harsher on her take. Oh, uh, hey, she? girl, she said it's a movie. If you're gonna believe and be affected by an action film, you probably shouldn't go see Pocahontas because you're gonna think you're a Disney princess. If you're that easily swayed, you might see Silence of the Lambs and think you're a serial killer. It's a movie and it's fake, and I've known that since I was a kid. I don't want to run around trying to kill people and cuss. If anything, these movies teach you right. what not to do. So, there's that. Uh, it's kind of, it's kind of sad. Yeah, so, right there. Damn, damn, you could be a little bit more sensitive. Yeah, but, it, but, but you know what it is. Also, when someone uh, says it was, something, like, it was that shit was that shit was fresh, bro. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So for Jim Carrey to feel that way, I completely understand. No, but no, but I mean, I, so I'm of two minds about this because the the it was fresh to him because he just finished filming. Not yeah, fresh yeah. for the movie because right, right. it would be ten months time mm-hmm. difference in between in between the events and when the film comes out. However, mm-hmm. I also could sadly be monstrously uh, just not affected, disaffected because this shit happens once a year here. Right, now. right, right. Um, I'm not saying that's a defense for him or her or anyone doing it or not doing it but more so than that if there's any spice to what chloe said i would assume it's irritation over someone you worked with mm-hmm. now being like oh that thing is bad because of that thing that happened like i still gotta promote this right right, right. i still gotta i still gotta I, I still gotta hope people see it i still gotta i i stand by it and one of the most veteran and possibly biggest names has now just turned around and said, "Right, I said, no, nah, fuck I'm with good. it." Yeah, yeah. So like, so I, I can see her see being getting annoyed almost. Now nah, I'm making a lot of that up, right? But yeah. you know, I could see I could see where people would have an attitude or have a problem or where where tensions would 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 rise. But I think that's interesting because you don't hear many actors saying like, you know. Uh, I um Pat Benatar. Uh, let me just fact check this real quick. Pat Benatar, uh singer of uh Hit Me with Your Best Shot. You're familiar with the song? Hit me with your best shot. Yes. Mm-hmm. 
according to a radio thing I heard once, she does not perform that song anymore because of gun violence. So people take their own oh, protests. Interesting. And they and they are a hundred percent valid in doing so. We live in a free country. I thought this was America. And we live in a free country. Uh you can take whatever stance you want. Um and, <laughs> this yeah. is America. I don't think I don't think um Carrie's been in anything as bloody or violent since, but I'd have to look back. It's been ten years. Uh but 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 but, but. this is probably his last movie for a while. <laughs> now I think about it. I gotta uh, right here, yeah, for sure, for sure. I wonder if this did that. You know? I wonder if you do this film and then you're like, you know what, man, I'm just gonna chill. <laughs> I just wanna freaking chill. Okay, he did this in 2013. He does um huh. Anchorman. I don't think he popped back up till Sonic. He had the incredible book. Oh, yeah, because he does that scene in Anchorman. Anchorman, uh, Dumb and Dumber 2, which I don't think did well. Oh. And then he disappears no, it, it for a bit. And then he comes back basically for Sonic only. Yeah. So, yeah. Rough, 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 rough. But, 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 but. Carry, carry, carry. What do you think of his. Uh, Eisenhower, his his whole get up, his whole because you know there's so many I'm military base. I'm loving, yeah. I'm lo- the gimmick is clean, bro. The gimmick is clean. <laughs> I think he looks he good with that hair too. The, yeah, for sure. He, he's, he's working major the chip hazard doggo, here. You know what I mean? I'm, Eisenhower, I'm it, you know? yeah. the little buddy's not left over. <laughs> oh, my phone just died. Well, uh, yep. Back with for Justice Forever, Kick-Ass gets acquainted with his new friends, including a couple who were inspired to fight crime after their son went missing. Their, their team name is called Remembering Tommy. It's not a great... For the both of, yeah, for the both of them, right? Yeah, they, they, yeah. I like, looked through, I went to the comics and everything. I'm like, what's going on here? And they're like, oh, Remembering Tommy. That's them. Uh, a woman who wants to avenge her dead sister, uh, called Night Bitch, and an insect man who has dealt with homophobia. So now he defends the defenseless. Night Bitch. Surprisingly, feel the void. <laughs> surprisingly, Dave's friend Marty is at the meeting and fakes a tragic backstory before Dave outs him, and which Terrible. ultimately outs, outs himself. <laughs> He just takes the Batman one, right? Yeah, straight up. Marty apologizes for lying, and they let him off the hook. The colonel gives uh, Kick-Ass the official invite, and Kick-Ass accepts. So Mindy continues to hang with the mean girls at school, and now Dave and Marty have a secret that they're hiding from the mutual friend because they're both superheroes and they can't tell Todd. Uh, Chris figures out quickly that he isn't a fighter and decides that he will use his money to be the supervillain he always wanted to be. Instead of training to be a fighter, he just pays fighters to do his bidding now. Surprise, surprise, Daniel Kaluuya, Kaluuya? or wild Daniel Kaluuya appears. I was yeah, very surprised. I, I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was surprised too watching this back and I was like, oh, shit. Forgot about that. Hey, man. I... I Bro, that's not even something I could even say I forgot about. Gun to head, I couldn't have told you he was in this film. 
I completely forgot that he was in this movie. And the thing is, he's only unmasked in that scene. For the rest of the movie, he has a mask on. So there's no real, you know, like his face yeah. wouldn't have popped out uh, uh, when it came to this. So, kick-ass, kick-ass, kick-ass. Yeah, Sicario's in, is four years later. He did, he did kick-ass, Sicario, sorry, sorry. He did kick-ass Sicario's two years later. Get Out is four years later. And then once he gets Get Out, it's Black Sicario, Panther. Yeah. Once he gets out, his Black Panther. He just goes it's, off. It's, <laughs> yeah. It, it, you know, he's Hobie Brown now. Um, he's basically uh, uh, Jordan Peele's muse. You know, he was in Nope. He was in Get Out. He's, so, he's Hollywood. But he started by getting paid by Chris D'Amico <laughs> to whoop people's asses, apparently. And he calls him Black Death. But that's kind of racist. And John Leguizamo tells him so. Gonna be racist, and yeah, and and Javier is telling him like, "Yo, you gotta chill, bro." <laughs> All this racism. All this racistness. Um. Mm, yep. So he puts the word out that for every hard hitter in town to join him for good money. Back to Mindy. We don't. We don't need all this high school stuff. Mindy does a, a dance audition after being encouraged by her new friends. Instead of doing a provocative <laughs> right. dance like her classmates, she imagines fighting crime, and that performance goes over extremely well with the other girls. Don't buy it. Don't. I don't buy it. I don't buy it. Just get it. You put music on, and, and you just and start bro, punching you know the why air. You don't buy it. You, you, know, I buy it. you know why? Why? You know why you don't buy it? Because because she's she's got the closed fists, bro. You know what I'm saying? If she'd open the. You telling me? You telling me? Somebody, no I'm telling you, bro. The spirit fingers, my if guy. If someone said Ice Spice, just started playing Ice Spice, and a girl in the middle of the street just started punching and kicking the air, I don't think you'd be like, "Wow, she's a really great dancer." In almost a choreographed fashion. In almost a choreographed fashion, and bro, in like flips involved. None of these hussies in the school were flipping, bro. I I'm feel like popping. this was lazy. I'm popping. You bust a front flip, I'm popping. You know what they should have done? Boom. I'm about to fix this. Trade this for volleyball. Ooh. Trade this for volleyball. Have the, have have the mean girls win. only, only want to be in volleyball because they get to wear the shorts and stuff like that. And she just she's out there and she's just hammering people. Because ultimately, this scene was only done for one reason. So that someone could say, mm -hmm. she even did it better than the other girl, the popular uh -huh, one. Uh -huh. That's the only reason why. So then they could get set on two different paths. Also, 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 that girl didn't even seem like she wanted to hang out with her in the first place. Why did she go to her house? <laughs> it made it seem like the father made her go. Oh, 100%. 100%. Can you do, yeah. can you do that? Can you tell Zoe like for, you're going like to go hang out with your other friend? Force a sleepover <laughs> sleep on your child. <laughs> yeah, like you're like, oh, you're, I'm sorry. You're just a little bit not social. So I've invited yeah, I said you. That watching, or, you know? I said that. I was said that a little bit watching. I, like, I, I kind of said their parents were friends. my daughter sleep over nobody's house if she don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> I can understand their parents. Oh, Morris Chestnut. But it's like, come on, Morris Chestnut. What you out here doing? Because he was in the wood. That's why. Detective <laughs> Marcus. You're getting, getting crazy out here. Um, but, 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 we get a montage 
of Justice Forever, training, helping out the common man, and genuinely having fun together. I like the montage. I like that they, not everything that they were doing was life or death. Like they were just like saving cats from trees and helping old ladies cross the street, and and the occasional and the occasional fudging with night bitch. Yes, and the occasional fudging with night bitch because kick ass and night bitch start hooking up, and in general, Dave seems to just be having a great time. He tries to convince Mindy to join them again. There are a lot of scenes of somebody watching a senior running after a very young uh, freshman, <laughs> and nobody and, and, and nobody like, wanted to be like, "Hey," and he's like, "Please, come on, please, please," and she's always seemingly annoyed. And, <laughs> what you doing? Yeah, she's always seemingly so, annoyed by his presence, and he's always yeah, like, like begging. Alone. She knows what, she, what he wants. Don't say it like that. <laughs> Not on the, not, not on the playground. Oh man! See, internet, internet. Um, he tries to convince Minnie to join them, but she refuses because of her promise to Marcus. He gives her crap for acting like a regular girl, which again, I think is mean. I think it's mean of him to be like, "Oh, you don't like you don't like regular school and regular stuff." How do you know? She's trying this shit <laughs> out. And he's like, oh, you, you don't even like boys. So she goes, okay, fuck this. And she just asks the guy out right there. Um, some jock. And just to prove a point. Uh, it's not going to go well for her. And I also wonder when they, they planned that revenge, seeing as she seemingly out of nowhere asked him out. But anyway. Colonel Stars and Stripes shows his, he's worth his medal because uh, that night the members of Justice Forever break into a sex traffickers poker game. He beats the hell out of the bouncer, and the rest of them successfully bust up the game. They free the uh, sex trafficked women. They give them $50,000. And the trafficker is who? Wong. They kick Wong's ass. And they bit (laughs) Wong's dick. And they bit Wong's Wong. Wong got his Wong. Wow, you dropped the ball with that, bro. Wong was... That's what you're here for. In the movie... Wong was in the movie. Wong, Wong was doing the Wong, Wong thing. He, wow, what is happening? <laughs> See, I'm back on it. I'm back on it's it. It's a double, Wong. double entendre. It's a quadruple entendre. Wong was doing his Wong thing, Can't so he got his Wong. He got his Wong wonged. Um, <laughs> the dog is trained specifically to do just that, though. That's what. That's that's a uh, pretty pretty important and pretty interesting. You saw the hot dog. Uh, he confesses to the location of the girls. They release the women, give them cash, like I said, and they pat themselves on the back. Um, Chris D'Amico gets warned by Javier that his uncle, who's in prison, wants the entire family to lay a bit low. Chris disobeys this immediately by continuing to recruit villains for his crew, including the mobster, the tumor, the ex-triad member, Genghis Carnage, and a former KGB agent named Mother Russia. And Mother Russia looks ridiculous. Like those, those, ridiculous, last, but, those last those last two yeah. names are the Genghis ones that Carnage. the most. Yep. <laughs> Genghis Carnage <laughs> Mother and Russa. I but love that, the Javier's like I I yeah, but I was about to say that I'm like, um, I don't know about Mother Russia so much because when I think about Mother Russia, I can't stop but help but think of motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, he's like Mother Russia and motherfucker on the same on team. On the same Come team, on. I don't know, man. <laughs> My man Javier's thinking the big he's thinking about branding, you know, he's thinking big picture stuff here. Um, but Mother Russia also reminds me of this this comically crazy character that was drawn up in The Dark Knight Returns, where it's just a woman like her, brolic, uh, topless, 
blonde buzz cut hair like she has um and on her chest to cover her nipple nipples are just two swastikas you know like just this cartoonish uh brolic villain woman um you gotta think they, they took some influence uh from that here um like i said javier shows some concern and then chris has the nerve i think he thought this was a compliment to tell him that he, that Javier's like his Alfred. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You just call me and, a fucking butler? <laughs> and I love that line back. Because somebody else could be like, yeah, kid, I got your back. And he's like, I'm not mm-hmm. your fucking... <laughs> I'm not your fucking butler, bro. Oh, real, real cool. Um, so we know you haven't seen Kick-Ass 1. We're reviewing Kick-Ass 2. What is your opinion on Ass Kicker? On ass kicker, the reverse. You mean the reverse flash? <laughs> reverse kick. Good. The reverse ass. Reverse ass. <laughs> <laughs> I'm putting that meme up tomorrow. The ass. That should be the, the thumbnail. Ass. That should be the thumbnail for the episode. <laughs> That's hilarious. The reverse ass. Um, lame, lame too. Lame biter. for taking the suit. That's lame for say. taking Fucking the name. Biter. <laughs> lame for getting upset that he has a lame name you know i just i am not i marty's name is battle guy it your name doesn't have to be great it just doesn't have to be kick ass yep ass kicker and then he was and then he was mad because they were being dicks get over yourself bro (laughs) his temper tantrum in this moment costs a man a life and he is never reprimanded. He is never <laughs> kicked out of the it's circle. Is never, never spoken about. <laughs> never even mentioned. He got a man killed. I'll leave it there. We'll get daddy. there in a bit. His friend's daddy. You heard. He gets mad. Yeah, he walks out on them. Mindy goes on a date. But it's all a setup for the cool kids to laugh at the girl uh, who has never been invited anywhere. This is equal parts like Carrie. Oh, it's just Carrie. Um, and interestingly enough, they remade that movie, Carrie. Uh, I want to say in 2013, the year of this film. And uh, Carrie was played by Chloe Grace Moretz. <laughs> so, <laughs> so they basically do that here. I guess maybe she was just getting... You know, like, she still had a little bit of it in her. So she had to get it out. I was waiting for the blood. No blood, no pig's blood. But what do you think about this on the scale of, of mean kids? They drive her out to the middle of nowhere and leave her there, and then just drive back. Mean, mean, pe- mean, and petty. Like, could you imagine the excuses motherfuckers had to tell their parents to go out there in the middle of nowhere for twenty five minutes just to wait? Hey, we're but on then, the way. But then it all has to come back around, right? Like, you would eventually then yeah. either have to call your parents. Or you show up home really late, and then you say, hey, remember, like, Jessica set me up, and then I've got to talk to Jessica's parents. Like, it never gets to that point. They just let these kids do whatever the hell they want to each other. I don't know, man. This is, a, this is they left that woman in the woods. Um, she walks home crying. Was it rough to see the uh, cold-hearted hit girl sobbing a little bit? A little bit, a little bit. You know what I'm saying? She, she, she sucks because she, you know. She cared about this. At, at, 
yeah at the time she decided like at, well not the time but pretty last minute she decided to like give it a chance i guess right and yeah. then she basically gets she basically gets shitted on and then everybody haha laughs and haha loser this and everybody just leaves and leaves her ass there and then she just walks back home but that's the thing you know me so you to me like because she goes to the person she can trust right after this. She goes to Dave, right? Yeah. Dave she, encourages yeah. her to get back into crime fighting because that's who she is. I, I'm not 100% sure if that's the correct advice, first, first off. Because mm-hmm. what that speaks to me is you're a cold-hearted person who cannot love, cannot care, cannot have fun. You were trained as a warrior and a weapon, and that's what you should be. And she says, no, I'm not. I can be more. And up against her mm-hmm. first negative outworld interaction he's like nah get you know come back like you know you, know, you don't <laughs> gotta ever and i'm like i i don't i don't know if i buy that you know um she eventually leaves she skips town at the end of this film because mm-hmm. she doesn't yeah. know <laughs> where to go who to be or any of that kind of stuff i just feel like in this moment you're still allowed to be a regular girl you're 100 mm-hmm. still allowed to be a regular girl and you should be able to be able to go to high school and not have to worry about being bullied that that's just what comes with the territory like he kind of should have told her there's many times where he she tells him the price to pay for being a hero it would have been cool for him to tell her the price to it pays that, to be normal run that to run that back towards a little bit yeah you know well this is what normal is Mm-hmm. This is what normal is. That shitty feeling. But now right he now? wanna he wanna recruit her to go nah, fight. Nah, he's been trying to get it from the beginning, so he's just like yeah, that's the thing, bro. Ready? Nothing matters. Yeah. Nothing matters. That makes him selfish. A little bit. That makes him selfish. Bit. So yeah, he's like, nah, you're good. Oh, they fucked over. You fucked you over. Hit girl all day. We doing hit girl <laughs> shit all day. Let's go. Let's go. Fuck them up right now. <laughs> so she takes his advice, and her version of being hit girl at school is dressing like them mm-hmm. you ever seen the other guys i think i have one of my favorite jokes in the other guys is there's a line where uh mark Wahlberg's character says that he learned ballet to make fun of a guy like he, he saw a guy do ballet and thought he was gay so he learned how to dance to make fun of him and i'm like Feels like a lot of extra work. Feels like feels like a lot of effort to kind of put somebody in their place. <laughs> she did her hair, her makeup, put on a dress, put on heels. I think she just should. I think she just should showed up in a in a grunge t shirt and jeans, and been like, "Yo, so this is what it's finna be." Now I ain't finna mess with me, and I'm gonna show y'all why. If she get done six things, <laughs> finally, I just found it. Yeah, I just thought it was weird for her to be made up. Uh, yeah, like I said, she uses an item called a sick stick to get them to simultaneously vomit and suffer painful diarrhea at the same time. And she seems pleased with her revenge. And again, like, mm, this is one of those like MySpace moments where I'm like, could have been a little bit, this all could have been a little bit mature. You still could have had the throw up and the diarrhea. Wow. But I think she should have been in her own skin. But I, I think what's interesting, and maybe that line should have been said somewhere. Where it's like, I don't really know who I am. So I'm going to boogie because being at my house makes me think I, I'm supposed to be who my dad thinks I'm supposed to be. Being with Marcus makes me think I'm supposed to be where Marcus is supposed to be. Being or hanging around you, your dumb ass keeps telling me to fucking fight crime. So I'm going to boogie off. I'm going to boogie off by myself and figure out, you know, 
where all this was, but not my circus, not my monkeys. Dave gets outed by his father as kick-ass when he finds his suit in his room. They argue with each other, and he Dave storms off. Dad. Dave was a little bitch in this whole scene. At one point, he judges his father for working out by saying, you're trying to pretend to be somebody else. Bro, I don't think bro, that's a valid bro, criticism. He told his dad, if he, if he disappeared, <laughs> no one would miss him. Bro. <laughs> That's a fight in my house, my guy. Yeah. Nah, I'm pushing you down those stairs. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Like, and again, hey, if you're not this leaving the like, house, if this looked like it was coming from a 16 year old, it'd be one thing. But the motherfucker looks. You look about 30. <laughs> motherfucker looks like 20 years old. He's like, and we haven't seen much of a much of a connection to break it, right? Uh huh. Like, if, if we had seen throughout the entire film, like, he's always had his back and he's always whatever, whatever, I'm doing this for my dad and he just doesn't understand. And, and then this happens. Do they like, show oh, okay. his dad? Do they show his dad somehow? Do they show his dad in the first movie? Yeah. Okay. But but as you can tell here, he doesn't know that he's kick-ass. So there's right, no reason right, to, like, right. be concerned or any, any of that that's kind true, of stuff. That's, that's why this, this all felt kind of rushed, but the, I, it's to pack the punch of later, right? Like, that's what all mm-hmm. this is for. Right. I'm out of okay. here, Dad. Yeah, that's what these grown-ups do. They just walk out. Anyway, Chris is asked to visit his uncle in prison. His uncle's played by Ian Glenn. That's the guy who yeah. plays Bruce Wayne in Titans. I was like, oh, look at you. I remember you. Um, Yeah, Ian Glenn. Ian Glenn repeats his hopes that the family will lay low, but Chris makes it obvious that he has no intentions of doing so. So to show he means business, Uncle D'Amico kills Javier with Chris on the phone. My boy Johnny Legs is gone. Sunrise, sunset. Pobrecito. Knife to the throat. Knife, knife to the throat. They give him all the knife fuel. to the throat. All to fuel motherfuckers' anger. Yeah, because right? this doesn't discourage him <laughs> at Not all. Not one bit. If anything, it hardens him a little bit. Uh, it makes him more determined. He finds where Colonel Stars and Stripes is because the good Colonel was once a former mob boss back in the day and worked for Chris's dad. Has him finally beaten. Has him beheaded. Doesn't do anything to the dog because he's not a monster. Um, and he manages to gather info on Night Bitch. Who he finds out is close to kick ass. What do you think about the death of my man Colonel Stars? Terrible. He he resisted. I can't lie, and that's all I would have asked for. Yeah. There's nothing I could do. He was going up. I liked him talking shit to the end. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. He was talking shit to the end, and I and I, and I like that. You know, because um, he was like, "Oh, you used to work for my father." He's like, "Yeah, I worked for I a lot of losers." With, for a lot of losers. <laughs> I was like. I was like, I like this weird, gruff, uh, chip hazard <laughs> fucking Jim Carrey. Um, yeah, head cut off. Rough stuff. Uh, but she but she killed him before. Uh, Mother Russia killed him before he felt any pain. Mm-hmm. So that's good. Um, the news of the colonel's death spreads. Meanwhile, Mindy is at home grounded because of her actions in school. 
She pleads to be allowed to help stop the bad guys, but uh, Marcus sends her to her room. Justice Forever gets together to mourn their leader, but when Marty brings up that they might be targeted, Dave realizes Night Bitch is nowhere to be found. We cut to the toxic mega cunts. Oh, this is gonna be this is this episode is just <laughs> chock full of of quotable moments. We cut to the toxic mega cunts walking through a suburban <laughs> neighborhood. They break into Night Bitch's house, and Chris attempts to rape her, but can't get hard. Now, I think it was very obvious that's what he was trying to do, right? Um, in the comic, Chris D'Amico rapes Katie, the girlfriend of mm-hmm. Kick-Ass. Um, so a lot of people thought that he was they were going to go this route here. I'm happy that they didn't. Um, but ultimately, they make it like a limp dick joke. And uh, they beat her up. And then Mother Russia just does an impressive scene of her destroying cops for yeah, like, right. for like five minutes Mother straight. Russia like just that. you gotta put her over, bro. Just inventive ass ways to that, kill people. Heat. Um, and they play the Tetris song in the background because <laughs> she's Russian. Um, but 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 speaking of police, to stop the madness caused by a city of vigilantes. The chief of police orders anyone in a mask to be detained, which includes members of Justice Forever. After being mistaken for Kickass, after being mistaken for Kickass, Dave's father is arrested as well. I don't buy that. I don't buy that. that He was on camera. Like, (laughs) if Dave's dad was black, would they have arrested him? Like, there's obvious physical reasons why that can't be that guy. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I don't know. Tis, tis what it is. Unless he was in the middle of the street in the suit doing jumping. Going, oh, I am <laughs> With the sticks, he's just twirling them around. Oh, I am kick ass. It is me. You have been waiting. You have been wondering for years, but it was me. Um, yeah. Yeah, he gets, he gets arrested. Dave talks to him in prison, promises to retire from crime fighting, but little does he know. That Todd, aka Ass Kicker, accidentally leaked his secret identity to Chris D'Amico in order to join his supervillain crew. Chris targets and kills Dave's father in prison. Eh. <laughs> yeah, you should feel bad. You said a bunch of bad things. You know, you should feel absolutely terrible. Um, and then you let your dad go to jail for you. Yeah. And exactly what happens happens. Exactly what happens happens. He says. People want to hurt Kickass, and he's like, "Oh, don't worry. Then the safest place for me to be is here." Well, <laughs> well then, well now he's D E D dead. At the funeral, Dave tells Mindy he's out of the superhero game, but the entire event gets hijacked by Chris's goons who kill several police officers before kidnapping Dave and trying to force him to put on the old costume. The idea is that they'll deliver a costume kick-ass to Chris so he can execute him in front of his new band of supervillains. Too bad for them. Hit Girl is on the case. She chases the van down, kills several of the men, and saves Dave. I did like Straight. that. I did like that too. And seeing that today, um, it kind of holds up. The special yeah. effects, you know, when she's like on the on the van and stuff. Yeah. I know, like all incredibly inventive and bloody kills. I think all that, all that still worked. Yeah, all that shit was. Cool. Um, uh, they interrogate the tumor. I can't believe they gave that uh, <laughs> guy that name. 
Um, and she, so she finds out where Chris D'Amico's hideout is and calls Marcus to tell him that she's sorry, but she knows who she is now. She's Hit Girl. I'm Batman. She's Hit Girl. Kick-Ass and Hit Girl show up with a, uh, show up to go toe-to-toe with Chris and his villain mob. They bring with them all their superhero pals. They do a, a massive call on social media, so they get everyone in there. Everyone's able to get email. Everyone's everyone is very easily able to get in and out of this supervillain top secret fortress, which I found Bro, a you're in the for, you're in the forum. All you gotta like a do big, is get seen. Like a big CC door everyone. opens up. A big door opens up, and they just walk. They just walk right in. But uh, yeah, fight ensues. Hit girl kills Black Death, stabs him in the eye, takes on Mother Russia, who is repeatedly too much for her. Until Hit Girl is injected with a shot of adrenaline, and then uses and then uses shards of glass to kill the monstrous woman. Todd saves Marty's life, effectively joining the right side again. Still, don't think he uh, deserves Bastard. to be on the team. Dick move, bro. <laughs> yeah. Chris and uh, Dave. Chris and Dave's fight takes them to the roof, and Chris, Chris falls through the skylight into his shark tank. Where he is mauled. Uh, Justice Forever regroup and decide to disband, choosing to help people in their ordinary lives instead. Mindy tells Dave that she's leaving New York due to them being wanted for murder. Uh, or doing due to her being wanted to kill anybody. Due to her being wanted right. for murder. Uh, but that the citizens need kick kick ass. Okay. Controversial moment here. They share right, a kiss. Right, right. How okay. do you feel about the kiss? Uh, I felt like she did that shit because she wanted to, to be honest. Okay, um, so first time I saw this movie, did not like that kiss. Knew the kiss was coming because I got spoiled while trying to fill in my uh, notes. Uh-huh. Uh, some, someone was talking about all the scenes, so I wanted to make sure. I, uh-huh. And they, they brought it back up again, and I was like, oh, yeah, I don't like that at all. She keeping him it, on ice for when she comes back to town, bro. I don't want a rematch Just, between these two. She told two. him to be good. I don't want a rematch. I would don't want a rematch. I don't want a romance between these two. Uh, I uh-huh. don't think she was ever playing it that way. Right. I feel like for some reason he was directed to play it that way. Like especially mm-hmm. when she comes to him crying, like he's like, "You're beautiful. You're smart. You're." I'm just like, "That's right, right." Again, again like, where are you going with this? Um, and I, you know, your friends should be able to tell you that as well. But just the age difference, it's all just kind of strange. Right. And when you break on it down a- and you don't. Look at the writing on the wall. Upon rewatch, she a hundred percent did it for herself. Because what she oh, says 100%, is, bro. "All you need to do to be a hero is be brave." And then she kisses him because the boy's kiss was the one thing she didn't get out of her high school experience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So to prove that she's brave and and about that life, she kisses him. But he could have been anyone, and she possibly kissed him so that right. she knew she kissed somebody that no one would tell. I wouldn't tell, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that kiss was not for him at all. And that kiss was not for them. In my opinion, I think that kiss was just for her to scratch something off a list. Oh, 100%, bro. And now she's going to go do her hot girl summer or wherever. Yeah, her in wherever Jersey. Because she she's still little and she ain't got no job. <laughs> uh, Dave accepts his responsibility, begins training and upgrading his equipment. Yeah. And he's brolic now. And the film ends with a tease of a new shiny helmet that we will never get because they are not making a Kick-Ass 3. Uh, did you see the post-credit? I didn't see the post-credit. 
I in didn't want. I didn't want to seem too um, too what's the word too conditioned. So I didn't. I didn't stick around, bro. I honestly didn't stick around. Like, what's the post? Oh no, I get it. The post credit is. Is it? Is it um, you, you see Chris at the hospital. Um, he has no legs, and he basically doesn't have any arms. Um, and he he survived the shark attack. He's trying to reach and get a cup of water, like reach out for to a straw and drink some water, but he can't. So he's cursing up a storm about how he just wants to drink some fucking water and how a shark bit off his dick. And that's basically how the film ends. So entertaining misguided is the biggest probably criticism i'll have against this i think i i think i can i think i can agree with that misguided get high school kids in the room if you're gonna do a high school thing get high school kids in the room because to me the high school stuff is the stuff that really didn't gel with me i don't know mobster stuff enough for that stuff not to gel and all the superhero stuff checked out origin mm-hmm. stories villains right you know, costumes. the high school stuff is the only stuff that didn't check check out with me and maybe I've, i haven't been in high school long enough you know, been some time. Well, they did. They did say she was a freshman. But the other girls weren't. Fre- were they freshmen? No. That's why that. That's why Katie got tired of him because she was like, "You're walking around chasing around." Yeah, a, chasing a freshman. Around freshman. And then everybody was looking at him like, "What, perv?" You know. So he was out there chasing around a freshman. I'm glad we chased around this uh, film, chased this film down for his 10-year anniversary, and I'm hoping that you guys chase us wherever we're going next because we're continuing this road to 300 episodes. This is episode 296, which means we are chug-a-lug-a-lugging along. Uh, we try to do this Major Issues podcast each and every Wednesday, knock on vibranium. Sometimes things come up. Sometimes I need a mental health day, uh, and it gets a bit crazy, but we do painstakingly work hard to review take notes uh, and stay informed on some of this stuff um i even go so far as to say that um the rights have reverted back to mark millar for kick-ass so as of this recording uh they are permitted to make their own kick-ass whatever they want video game movie based on the comic uh, they can start fresh. They can reboot this entire thing. And that's what Matthew Vaughn said he'd rather do. Instead of doing a Kick-Ass 3, he'd rather uh, either do a Hit Girl origin film, which what well, she's going to be like three in that, <laughs> or uh, or do um, straight up. I don't up know, but I'm, I'm with it if she's going to be cussing and kicking people's ass. Yeah, it could be cool. It could be cool. But you'll have to oh, for, for what it's worth, for what it's worth, I also forgot to mention, for me, Personally, this was more of a, I want to say, oh, if you give her like, maybe like 30 more seconds, <laughs> it's a yeah. hit girl movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Kind of feels almost like Spider-Verse, like how she, you know, she kind of pushed, like kind of training him and moving him around. There's a mm-hmm, big super mm-hmm. team. Uh, I can see that. I can see that. Um, <laughs> Uh, so yeah, you you'll have to f- continue following them if you want to see what is going to continue to happen with Kickass. But you can t- continue following us if you want to see what's going on with Major Issues Podcast. Go to comicbookclick.com, the one stop for every part of Comic Book Click, including the Major Issues Podcast. Over 296 episodes, you heard me say it. That's over 500 hours of content. We've covered every single theatrical release of a comic book film since 2018, even some going back. 
even further. We've covered Superman 1, Supergirl. Uh, we've covered some really, really bad films. We've covered almost everything under the sun. We've had a lot of fun doing it um, as we continue to uh, cover the latest and greatest things to come to comic books and comic book media. But yeah, check out comicbookclick.com. Uh, it's the easiest way to support us. You can hit uh, support CBC and it'll take you to our Patreon as little as 10 cents a day, $3 a month. You can help support us and keep the lights on here. Uh, if you don't want that, go to the RT Public. I just put out two new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle designs uh, for my boys. I love that film. It's out on digital currently. Yeah, we outside. So uh, consider purchasing one of those shirts. Not only would you get a one-of-a-kind design made by me, but we get kickback. We get money uh, back for every purchase made. You don't need to just buy a T-shirt. You can buy a mouse pad. You can buy a uh, pillowcase, uh, phone case. It really doesn't matter. Uh, help chip in to keep our lights on here because I see some very big things in the future for us, and we might need a little help getting there. Um, we're all over social media. Facebook.com slash comic book click. Instagram at comic book click. You can use the hashtag comic book click to talk about the newest, hottest, latest, and greatest things to come to comic books, comic book media. Also, rate and review us on iTunes uh, for so we can grow as podcasters. Give us five stars so we get recommended to other people. I think we're pretty – go go to your Apple Podcast app right now because you have a, one of those iDevices. And tell me what the major podcast is rated. I want to say it's high fours. Please tell me how popping we are on the Apple iTunes chart. Uh, as we continue to try to reach out and connect to the rest of our fan base, because like I said, if you do like what we're doing here, if you recommend, if you sorry, if you give us five stars, it's an easy recommendation for people looking for our kind of content. But we are across the board. We try to be five star men uh, and women. We have women here on occasion. But um, yeah, thanks to those who have already went out there and given us reviews on iTunes. Uh, thank you for everybody who continues to follow us. Because we, the major podcast is available everywhere: Podcast Addicts, Stitcher, uh, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast. What is it? What's the number? Well, I guess you're it's not getting not. It's not loading, sir. However, I can find so, this on Spotify. No problem. We with 16 ratings, we have 4.6 stars. I found that in 30 seconds by googling Major Issues Podcast. Oh, because if you Google Major Issues Podcast, you can do that. We're literally the first like 10 things. Majors Podcast Apple, Majors Podcast Spotify, Majors Podcast ComicBookClick.com, Majors Podcast Player FM, Majors Podcast Blueberry Podcast, Majors Podcast Podcast Attic. We're out there. We're out there. Google us. We're out there. Googleable. Follow us wherever we are on social media. Uh, we're at ma- Facebook.com slash comic click. I already did that, right? Uh, we're at Major Issue CBC on Twitter, at Major Issue CBC on Twitch. I will be streaming when spider marvel spider-man 2 comes out so be prepared i might even start doing some uh spider-man 1 to get used to it so to get um, in the mood <laughs> to get in the thrip of things you know i'm trying i'm trying but you'll have to follow all this to find out where we go next as part of the major issues podcast is concerned because i've been to the future where we do become the latest and greatest thing to come to compass comic book media but i can't tell you how we do it because it will change the timeline next thing you know seven bucks productions buys the rights to kick ass and uh the rock is trying to play all the roles and i don't think that's gonna work <laughs> so let's not get there let's not do that follow us wherever we are get on the bandwagon before the bandwagon becomes full and don't forget i love each and every one of you guys but it's time to go my name is George Serrano, a.k.a. The Don. I am yours and mine. I am Claudius Maximus. 
<laughs> sure. And this <laughs> has been our recap and review of Kick-Ass 2 in time for its 10-year anniversary. And remember, whether you're a supervillain, a superhero, a vigilante, or an anti-hero, wear a mask, don a cape, or just pretty kick-ass yourself, remember, we are the Click, and always remember that you, yes you, are worthy.